Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now, on to the show. Row Rose, it's Rachel. Right after we carried out a name brainstorm for Baby Girl Sussex, the news broke that Princess Beatrice and Edo are expecting their first this fall. We are over the moon. We also cannot believe this news broke again after we finished recording. But don't worry, we'll get into all of that and so much more next week. In the meantime, don't forget, email us your baby name guesses. And now, on to the pod. Hear ye, hear ye. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Roros, we have a very special episode planned for you today. Kristen Meinzer is joining us. She's back in case you didn't know she's a longtime friend of the pod she's also the author of two books a host and consultant for a bunch of podcasts our personal fave of course is when megan met harry which ran from 2017 to 2018 covering the months leading up to the royal wedding she's also a royal enthusiast kristen you were on the ground at the wedding yes i was and of course it was the greatest day of my life better than (laughs) better than anything else that's ever happened to me and yes i am married so i had my own wedding at one point but (laughs) it truly was one of the best days of my life (laughs) oh well we cannot wait to hear about it we're so thrilled to have you on first we just want to ask you tell us about your entry point to being royally obsessed Well, I was brought up in a household where celebrity gossip was part of the entertainment in our house. My Nana helped teach me how to read with the National Enquirer and Star. And, (laughs) you know, if you were, you know, a kid at the same time I was, you couldn't avoid seeing things like, oh, there's this uh, young preschool teacher who's going to marry a prince. And, you know, uh, that was Princess Di. So I was a wee little thing reading about those two. And then, of course, followed them uh, onward and upward forever. I saw the final appearance, public appearance of Charles and Di and the kids when I lived in London when I was in college. So um, I was lucky enough to be there for that. I was covering the wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. Uh, That was just over 10 years ago. So uh, I was uh, covering that, but I was on the U.S. side. I had a correspondent in the U.K., and I was covering the street parties in the U.S. happening at that time. And I've been covering them ever since. That's incredible. Were you sad? We want to go back to the podcast I just mentioned. When that wrapped, or did it feel like the right time? Well, I mean, a part of us, uh, my co-host, James Barr, I just got to give a shout out to him. He is a delight, a true professional. He brings all the enthusiasm and joy that anyone could ever ask for in a co-host. And hosting a show with him was really one of the highlights of my professional career. And he and I are still friends. We, you know, we still talk regularly and so on. And um, so it's not that I'm never going to see him again, but hosting a show with him was so fun and so wonderful. And we had such a terrific time hosting that show. It launched right around the time when it was publicly announced that Harry and Meghan were engaged. 
And the grand finale was the wedding. So it went from engagement to wedding. And we have had a couple of bonus episodes that have come out since then. We did have a bonus episode when Eugenie got married. And then also Mm -hmm. um, we put out an episode when Oprah and uh, Harry and Meghan sat down for their big interview. But we didn't own the feed of when Meghan met Harry anymore at that point. So if anyone wants to hear that episode, go into the feed of Movie Therapy with Rafer and Kristen. That's another show I host. That's a good tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that that podcast is amazing. I want to talk about that more later on. Oh, yes. But but yeah, take a listen to that because we had a lot of hot takes on Oprah (laughs) and Meghan and Harry. And uh, yeah, if, if you miss when Meghan met Harry at all, Take a listen to that. It's it's uh, twice the length of a normal When Megan Met Harry episode, and we go into everything there. Yeah, you guys have, have great chemistry too. It's really fun. I've enjoyed listening to some of the episodes just over the over the time over the last few months and everything. Oh, yeah. thank you. It's easy to have good chemistry with somebody who you really admire and love, right? You two yeah. know that. <laughs> it does. That it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I know, uh, but yeah, no, we're really excited to have you, and we get to reminisce about. The royal wedding of oh, it's been three years, which is wild. Uh, it is, we, yeah, yes. it's absolutely crazy. We have so much coming up on this episode, though. It's been, as I said, three years since Meghan and Harry tied the knot at Windsor Castle. We're also talking about Prince Harry becoming my therapist, or actually, <laughs> what I mean is his appearance on Dax Shepard's podcast and the trailer for the Me You Can't See. Finally, yes. we have Kate and William's visit to Wolverhampton and so much more. So, without further ado, the royal refreshment. And now it's time for the Weekly Royal Cocktail. Cheers. Okay, so I tried to make a royal wedding cocktail. It's very similar to last week's cocktail we had, which was called Garden Party in a Glass. Uh, This one is rosé, sparkling rosé, gin, lemon, elderflower liqueur, kind of reminiscent of their wedding cake, which was elderflower and lemon. Um, And... That cake was made by American expat Claire Patak from the London Bakery Violet. And she used, I had to look this up, 200 Amalfi lemons and 10 bottles of elderflower cordial from the Sandringham Estate for the cake. So pretty incredible. Are you joining us in a in a royal <laughs> cocktail today, Kristen? But of course. Um, oh, good. What yes, are you sipping? Always, always. So I, I just want to give a shout out again to my uh, former co-host, James Barr. On the day of the wedding, when yes. we met up at 6 a.m. at the train station in London to take the train out to Windsor, he already had pre-made cocktails for us and love that (laughs) they were gin and tonics with uh fresh berries and he had giant uh i don't know if you'd call them thermoses for each of us and we had those throughout the day as well as prosecco and uh you know in his honor gotta have that today it's it's the three-year anniversary gotta do it oh my gosh i had like really i was really feeling ambitious about the cocktail that roberta just mentioned and then i was missing a number of ingredients. And now I have to tell you that what I found in my home is disgusting. It's not, it has bubbles, but it is, it's just sparkling wine. Well, it looks nice in your champagne. It's not flute, doing so it that's for all me, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's alcoholic. It's enjoyable. It's afternoon. So yeah, Wait, before we move on, Rich, I need to ask you about um, you, your TV watching this weekend. Well, so I was texting Roberta because, so I don't, uh, Kristen, have you done, have you watched Suits? Um, a little bit of suits. Yes. I, I am not what you would call a suits super fan where I've seen every single episode or that I'm obsessed or anything like that. No, but I have to watch them. 
This was very unintentional, but last summer I came to the realization that Suits, all nine seasons were available for free on Amazon Prime. And I was like, I'm just going to watch one. And then one turned into five. And now I'm <laughs> I'm beginning season six. And it's like this thing where I for, I'll take a break, but then I get back into it. Um, and, and I watch a full season in a few days because it's just that it's like the autoplay that keeps happening and it mm. just gets becomes three in the morning. So this weekend I was watching it. I felt so in it with Meghan Markle's character, in particular Rachel Zane, that I was I felt like I was having a hard time prepping for this episode because I felt <laughs> like I was getting them confused because in the season without spoilers, but Rachel is Rachel Zane is standing by her man Mike. And I feel like with like, you know, just kind of all that we've thought about with the wedding and then also just the Dax interview and stuff like that, you know, she's continuing to stand by her man Harry with all that he's gone through. So it's just, I don't know. I was texting Roberta. Is it it's just life it's in my head. art? Or like I was starting to get, life. yeah, I was getting really like, I was like, I need to separate. I need to take a break from this show for a little bit because it's clouding all my opinions, just getting too immersed. It sounds like you need to start an additional podcast called Rachel Zane Obsessed, not just Royally I Obsessed. I, I feel like I'm already like ruminating on all these story ideas for pure wow, but I, I need to get, I need to find out what happened. I'm, I'm avoiding spoilers, although I, I kind of know what happened, but. You know, oh, I'm in it. But anyways, we were just saying, because uh, I think, you know, there's just so much good TV. And I feel like that's been the whole pandemic for all of us, right? Is like, what, yeah. are, what are you watching? Which dovetails so nicely with your podcast in particular, Kristen. We joke that this is also Bridgerton obsessed. And I oh, saw that yes. you tweeted an update that there's going to be a Bridgerton spinoff. Yes, there is. There's a second season in the works, but there's also a spinoff, which is all about our Queen Charlotte. And I am so ready. I am so excited for this. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so good. And yeah, you mentioned my other podcast, Movie Therapy with Rafer and Kristen. And on that show, we have talked at length about Bridgerton because I love, (laughs) I love me some Bridgerton. I I love some reggae jean. Love it all. Oh my gosh, me too. Oh no, I'm fanning myself right now. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But moving on, while we're sipping, we want to just quickly go over a reader email, a lovely reader email that we received from Gracie. She said, I'm a recently graduated senior. I love your podcast. I actually never listened to podcasts until Archwell Audio. And then I found yours, and I love listening to it every week. I'm pretty sure Harry's and Meghan's daughter's name will not be Poppy, which was a prediction we were talking about (laughs) last week. So I like that she just tells it to us straight. I can't wait to read Meghan's new book, The Bench. Are you guys going to read it? Also, if you find a cheap way to get the hold still book, let me know. Shipping is double the price. I don't know if you've checked into that, Kristen, but we were like, oh man, it's <laughs> to ship the book from the UK is hard. <laughs> Thank you for hosting this podcast and from a neutral viewpoint. I like that you guys don't try to criticize the royals, but see the whole story. Sincerely, Gracie. Um, I just love that she makes the leap from Harry and Meghan's voice in your ears to us because that feels like the biggest compliment we could ever possibly receive. Seriously, seriously. And she also has inspired us. We are going to do an Instagram stories poll about baby name predictions for their daughter because I feel like there's so many names being thrown out. So many people are thinking Diana, Doria, Poppy was mentioned because she wore poppies on her dress at her last appearance. So there's, I I didn't know, Kristen, if you had any guesses or thoughts on it. Oh my gosh. I have gone back and forth and back and forth on this. Uh, I do think that Diana might be one of the middle names in there, but I don't think Diana is going to be the first name. That's what my gut tells me. My gut says no, but I do think it's going to be a middle name. And something else I've thought about is, you know, Archwell Audio, if they have you know, a way to fit the word well in there somewhere. Mm. Um, I've been thinking about that, and I'm not quite sure what that name would be, but it would make so much sense to have, you know, their daughter's name 
in the name of their company as well, just because, you know, I, I know that they are such doting parents. And uh, I, I think it would be lovely if her name was somehow related to the word well. Right, right. It would Absolutely. be incorporated somehow because they do have Archie. And then like, is it Wella? Like I know some of our listeners have guessed Wella. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that means, I think it means stream in, in Gaelic or something. So I thought that was really beautiful, but who knows? That's a great guess though. Yeah. I, think. I keep wondering if, if Doria will be in there. Like, cause I just feel yeah. like the Archwell website, you know, gives Doria and Diana equal attention. I'm curious mm-hmm. if that you know, but that's a wild card. All of these are wild card guesses, like Poppy. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to find out. That one yeah. feels a little far off yeah. now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. I take it back. Definitely. Should we flash back to yes, May nineteenth, twenty eighteen? This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. It's been three years since the royal wedding of Rachel Meghan Markle, or Meghan Markle, to Prince Henry Charles Albert David of Wales. It does feel like we've all lived like nine lives in those three years. It's actually pretty yeah. <laughs> wild. But Kristen, we wanted to ask you, you know atmosphere of the day you said you guys had thermoses full of gin and berries what was it like (laughs) being there I mean I just want to kick that off with with your perspective oh my gosh it was so I mean to say the day was effervescent is such an understatement there was so much joy there were so many people from all over the world gathered together in one place a lot of them wearing costumes that kind of matched the UK flag and the US flag there were people from all over the commonwealth And it it was such a joy. The minute we got on the train, by the way, as I said, it was six in the morning in London, and we got on the train headed for Windsor, and there were people sitting on the same train car as us, all dressed to the nines. Some of them actually recognized James and me from our podcast. And uh, I loved listening to those reactions. I listened to some of that, like on when you were on the ground. I loved that people were just like, I was going to tweet you. And I thought that was so cool that we saw you. It was just such a joy because from the minute we got on the train, until we got back to London uh, later that evening. It was pure joy. It was uh, pure hope. It was a celebration of love. It was optimism. And of course, we know that afterward that uh, to a great extent dissipated as far as how the mm-hmm. press covered them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at that point, we didn't even think that things could go that badly with the press being so abusive of Megan or, you know, I mean, we had certain hints that, of course, you know, there was going to be some yeah. racist coverage, but we just didn't know how badly it would go. And it was at that moment something we didn't have to think about. It was just a day of love, a day of joy, a day of uniting different cultures. It was a celebrity red carpet at the same oh time God. because oh, yes. I don't know if you remember, but most of us didn't know that Oprah was going to be there. Most of us didn't know that George Clooney and Amal would be there. So to see all of these celebrities there was just uh, shocking and exciting. And it just took everything to the next level. And so we definitely felt all of that. And then once the actual ceremony started, oh boy, there were tears everywhere. There were people crying around us, including me. And uh, and there were a lot of surprises. I don't know if you remember the bishop started off uh, just being, you know, a taste of Black American history and culture right there. 
the reactions of the crowd during his particular, you know, time when he was talking, it was just great. And there was laughter. There was like a lot of smiles, a lot of, it was when the kind of service ceremony came alive, I thought. Yes. And then a lot of the royal family themselves, when the camera zoomed in on them, (laughs) I loved it because, you know, with their stiff upper lip and, um, you know, this is typically much more uh, formal and less emotional, but the bishop was like, no, I'm bringing the emotion here. And it was great to see the reactions of the royal family. Like, oh, Oh, goodness. Emotion. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we have a clip of him. Should we play that yeah, real quick while we're on the subject? Yes. Let's play that clip. Dr. King was right. We must discover love. The redemptive power of love. And when we do that, we will make of this old world a new world. I feel like I wanted to get the bit into where he's talking about like rediscovering fire. Like he, it was just such an incredible, you know, it's like, it's, you got to just rewatch the whole thing in celebration of their anniversary because it's, it's, it is fire. It's so good. I wanted to also just find out where was your position exactly? Like when you were, and was it always your intention to go over when you started the podcast? Was it like, we're going to actually go for the day? Well, we were hoping to, and, you know, we were waiting up until the last minute to get permission from my bosses and so on to go (laughs) over there. And, I was so thrilled when a few weeks before the wedding, they're like, yeah, go ahead and go over there. It'll be great. So (laughs) we we went over there and we, you know, had a bunch of frequent flyer miles and so on. So we paid for the trip completely for, I mean, the hotel we stayed in, everything. It was uh, all just old frequent flyer miles. So we didn't pay for anything ourselves. I guess guess we paid for it back in the old days because (laughs) we bought other things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But yeah, we were – you know, among the masses right there on the grass with uh, tens of thousands of other people. It was a beautiful day. Speaking of which, because we know you were on the ground, we wanted to share a live reaction from Windsor from a super fan, <clears throat> Kristen. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Is that Megan? Oh my God. It is. It is. Oh. Look, a train for days. Megan looks so stunning. I still feel that there's some Hollywood in there. Oh, my gosh. so classy. Look at that. The veil is amazing. Whoa. I felt like I was taken right back when I heard this episode, and it really brought joy to my heart. So I wanted to weave that in. That's Kristen and her co-host James at the right when Megan was arriving, correct? Yes, that's right. We were all out there just, you know, watching the red carpet, waiting for things to unfold. And then suddenly this classic car goes speeding down uh, the main thoroughfare. And we all were like, what is this car? Why is it going so fast? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you heard the crowd erupt as soon as the car passed us. Uh, And everybody knew immediately it was Megan. And then she got out and we lost it. She just looked she she looked like a Disney princess. She was so stunningly beautiful. She she could not have been more beautifully styled. She could not have had better hair or makeup. She just looked perfect. Well, I remember thinking exactly what you just voiced, which was the veil. The veil. Being blown yeah. away by how long that veil was. It was like 53 feet long. It was incredible. Or no, longer, I think. It was no, it was amazing. amazing. Wait, I think it was 16 and a half feet, but it had 50. Oh, 16 and a half. But it had yeah. 53 flowers from the Commonwealth countries yes. on the, uh, like stitched in around the edges, which was, and it had this like, ethereal effect like when it was in the wind I just stunning yeah Roberta where were you I, I just want to reminisce too about like where where we all were 
Yeah, I I mean, I remember getting up really early at my Hell's Kitchen apartment. Um, I looked back at our messages actually from that morning, Rachel. You and I were slacking. <laughs> we had this was like the beginning of we Slack, were covering actually. it, right? Yep, and. Yeah, you were up at 6.30 or earlier, 5.30. Oh, me. I was like... 5.30. <laughs> I was up at 6. No. Um, I just remember thinking how we both couldn't get over Charlotte's wave. And yes. um, George, we thought he was like talking while he was walking down the aisle. Yeah, he was like chatting much, while he was walking was down really the funny. aisle. I did notice that again rewatching it. It's so funny. I, I know. know. I was at home. I remember I had, I had just had my son who was... I think he was just about three months at the time of the wedding. And I was really stressed because I was like pumping at the same time as watching it and was like thinking about the Bowdoin. I had bought him a Bowdoin like royal. They had a royal collection that came out in honor of the occasion. I had that ready. And then we were going over to a party at a friend's house right after we finished working and watching the wedding from home because we were writing stories about it. Um, And I remember he like pooped in the whole really pretty (laughs) outfit. So I had to change. (laughs) So it was like very not fancy for me, but it was, I just was gleeful. Just, it was, I also think the weather also made it extra spectacular. It was stunning. We could not have asked for a better day. And, you know, I think that the UK gets a bad rap for weather, but their summers can be quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the the weather that day was perfection. It was just beautiful. We did have to use some sunscreen at a certain point. So it it really was sunny. So I'm sure some people would be like, it was too sunny. It's like, no, we loved it. We did not mind putting on a little bit of sunscreen. It was great. I'm impressed that you remembered to bring the sunscreen. That's that's pretty good. Was it was it really hot or was it just really sunny? Because I was wondering if everyone was just sweating in these out beautiful outfits they're wearing, but you know, I mm-hmm. just remember it being perfect. That's all oh. I remember. It was very it's sunny, and uh, and I, I don't remember anybody passing out from heat. Maybe they passed yeah. out from too much champagne, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who can blame them? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kristen, let's move on to your favorite moments from the day. If you could just narrow it down to a few favorite moments, what would they be? Oh, my gosh. That moment when she walks in, Meghan Markle walks into the chapel, and she's going down the aisle all by herself, this independent, strong, beautiful woman who fully owns who she is, uh, everything from where she came from to her gender to her race. She totally owns it, and she walks in there strong and independent. And then as she is about halfway down the aisle, then Prince Charles takes her hand to accompany her the other uh, half of the way as if to say, welcome to the family. You're with us now. And we love you. And that was such a beautiful moment. I mean, of course, we know now things with the family have not been perfect, but at that moment, it really felt like something truly beautiful and loving. And I, I I really was crying during that part. I thought that was so beautiful. I spent a good amount of time reflecting on that, too, because it was such a big moment when Charles met her halfway. And, and even Harry, because it was, you know, Charles was about to turn 70 and we had the BBC interview, The Prince, The Son and the Heir. And Harry reflected on that, saying how he asked his dad to do it. And Charles immediately said, yes, of course, I'll do whatever Meghan needs and I'm here to support you. And it's hard. I mean, I think that that's the interesting part of reflecting back. It's only been three years, but... We, what we now know, and it wasn't at that point yet from what I can understand, but just what has transpired since, because back then it was a very poignant moment of the ceremony, knowing everything Megan had recently gone through 
with her father, but also with the tabloids and everything just blowing up that way. Yeah, I love that moment. I also, I think, am not alone when I say I love the moment where we all got to see Harry wiping away tears. Oh my gosh. He sees his beautiful bride. This is a moment he has been waiting for. He loves her so much and he's wiping away tears. Oh, I'm just getting so emotional good. thinking yeah. about that moment. <laughs> I know. I he loved just, it. And especially emotional seeing his father, I think, step up to that task and, and walk her down the aisle. And he mouths like, thanks, Pa, to him mm-hmm. as he sits down. And it's just like, it's such a sweet moment between father and son. And now, yeah, like you said, to know everything that's transpired since. R- Rachel, what about you? Favorite moments from the day? This is not related to Megan and Harry, but Amal Clooney's dress was just for me, like oh. everything. Like, I, I think it was the just. yellow. Well, it was, yes. yeah. And it was on the, cu- am I wrong in saying La La Land was coming out right around this time? And maybe oh. I'm wrong. I might need to fact check that real quick. But I, but it was just the marigold dress when I saw. Mm-hmm. I was very into finding ones, anything marigold for myself around that time. <laughs> and then a mall stepped out, and I was just like, oh, this is it. But, but for me, actually, just you know, the end when they left Windsor Ca- uh, St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, and you had the classical music, but then it transitioned into this little light of mine when they were playing when they were walking down the steps. Yes, that for me was like. I just felt really emotional and teary and also just like energized by their union too. I felt and the weather, I'm going to keep saying the weather, but it just felt so <laughs> bright and and love-filled. And then you had Charlotte. I just I loved when she was just kind of having a moment, but those were those were great for me. But yeah. Roberta, what about you? I guess I guess I loved like the other um and you know, obviously like, we kind of get like a little bit eye-rolly when we talk about like lip readers and <laughs> body language experts because I, I feel like they're always <laughs> quoted in those uh, articles, but um I did love the lip readers that interpreted Harry as saying I'm so lucky when he pulled the veil back around um from Megan's face and what else did he say? He said you look amazing. That's what he said. He goes, you look amazing. I'm so lucky. And it just is so sweet. Like just, oh, so tender. Um, the kiss, I think one of the moments that was most powerful and there's just the picture is spread around the world is uh, they walk out and it's that giant green flower archway or uh, greenery with little white flowers interspersed. And they walk out under the archway and share a kiss in front of the crowds and everyone's cheering and it's just it's like the finally the first moment as husband and wife in front of the world um i thought that was just so beautiful so so many i mean i can't choose because then i'm like the getaway blue jaguar yes. oh my gosh that getaway moment yeah the reception dress by stella mccartney i mean it's all like it was all incredible, it was magical so. but it yeah. is it is interesting re-watching back like reflecting on all that they've gone through in the last three years you know do you when you re-watch it do you both still have that fairy tale feeling or does it feel I mean it's hard now it's hard now I mean back then one of the things that was so meaningful to me and I'm sure to lots of other people of color as well was that oh my gosh finally the royal family looks a little bit more like the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, fewer than half of the people in the Commonwealth are white, but this family has been so, so, so white and so dedicated to bloodlines and so dedicated to them that, you know, we know many of them are all related to each other. This is how dedicated they are to keeping a certain yeah. kind of bloodline. And then for the family to say, no, love is more important than our bloodlines, at least for Harry, <laughs> the spare, not for the heir. But... <laughs> Um, and to celebrate that love. And it was such a momentous, you know, moment in a statement saying the royal family, uh, being able to see the royal family look a little bit more like the rest of the Commonwealth. So 
I I still hold on to that magic feeling when I watch that. And then, of course, I'm heartbroken seeing what happened afterward. But at that moment, there was so much hope for so many people of color. There was so much hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know, like, just looking back at the news coverage, too, is like Black Princess was trending on social media. There's the the joy at seeing that union that was so not typical for the royal family. And then, yeah, it's 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 definitely has a different it's hard to watch it now in the, in, in the same light, but it is still you have to look at that moment as what it meant, what it signified. I like this quote from the New York Times. They had that amazing wedding day FAQ on their site during the whole royal wedding coverage. And they said people of color are underrepresented in British politics and not represented at all in the royal family. Many have said they, they are thrilled to see someone like themselves in Meghan's position. I mean, I think that that rings true for all the elements, too, that Megan pulled in. I think the Kingdom Choir was beautiful. They had that uh, cellist. Let me see his name. Sheku Kane Mason uh, was the cellist there. Gave me chills. I feel like his performance mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, so just really powerful. I feel like this the entire ceremony that she had a hand in planning and um, put together for for everyone, I thought it was really beautiful, and so different from past royal weddings. I think that was really what was what was striking to me was how different it was from from what we've seen before. How do you think that they'll celebrate this year? Well, they do have another baby on the way. Yes. We don't know when the baby is going to arrive, but I imagine they're probably going to want to take it easy. I don't think there's going to be anything like skydiving or horseback riding or anything crazy <laughs> like that, and. You know, they are still to a certain extent settling into their lives in uh, California. Mm -hmm. And I I think that in this moment of nesting, I think they're just going to probably cherish that and Mm -hmm. not do anything too crazy. Yeah. No, I think it's a nice time to just be together, the three of them, and, you know, savor that time before another baby arrives and wreaks havoc on any routine that they have. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they have, I mean, after, so your first anniversary, you save part of the cake. Is that right? But do you save it for multiple anniversaries? (laughs) Did you not do that, Rachel? No. I didn't. Well, we had a donut cake, so that might have been the problem. (laughs) We did like a really cool donut place in Brooklyn when we got married, and we did not have an actual cake because cakes, wedding cakes, probably the royal families are like, you know, we know are expensive. But I think you save a slice for your one year anniversary, though. But I'm wondering if they have any left over because it was such a massive cake that we mentioned (laughs) elderflower and lemon. So I wonder if they'll have a slice of cake. But the traditional, I had to look this up, the traditional third anniversary gift is leather. And then the modern mm. gift is crystal. So mm. who knows? If- My mind is going to places yes. it shouldn't. <laughs> you know, it should <laughs> I know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so good. All right. Well, we want to, you know, it's been so fun to talk about this. We want to quickly hit a couple of news items with Kristen joining us on this, which is such a joy, privilege to have you here again. Uh, Dax and Harry, we got to talk about this. Yes. This was amazing. Like, I don't want to shortchange this at all. Of course, it broke as soon as we wrapped our episode. I actually am. I'm a longtime listener of Dax's podcast. One of my favorite episodes, bizarrely, is with Matthew McConaughey. And he tells like this study abroad story that is actually goes very deep. And I think part of what I like is that Dax, he spends ample time just continuing to go into all those questions, which we learned the master of interviewers, Oprah, is the whole, (laughs) that's what you need. You need time to go into those questions. And I think it really showed with Harry and the conversation how at ease he was, how much they could get into in this format. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because a lot of the time it felt that Harry was actually the one interviewing Dax, Mm -hmm. though, uh, asking follow-up questions, almost being like a therapist, as you two alluded to earlier in the show. Yes, yes. But, you know, uh, tell me more about that. How did that feel for you? He's asking these questions of Dax and really 
treating Dax as though his own trauma is worthy of being discussed, not just Harry as the guest. And I, I think that it was the perfect way to demonstrate his commitment to caring about mental health mm-hmm. and spreading the message that it's okay to talk about our own stories. It's not just okay, but it should be encouraged, especially at this moment in time when, um, you know, so many of us are uh, feeling trapped at home due to the pandemic, especially right now when we have, you know, social media and so many other things that are complicating our views of our personal identity of what's real, of what's not, and so on. And for Harry to say, now more than ever, we really should be feeling like it's okay to share our stories and not just it's okay. It's a sign of strength to share our stories. And it could help somebody else who could see themselves in our stories. So I thought that was a really beautiful way to go about having this conversation that Harry chose to go into the conversation that way. And they cover, I feel like they just cover so much too. I mean, the tables do turn in the beginning where Harry is the therapist, but I, then I think they turn back a little bit and and Harry kind of, uh, they they talk about tech algorithms, which Harry, you know, has now proven himself to be kind of an expert on. I feel like uh, the tabloids, Harry's time in Afghanistan, they really go into depth about his military experience, watching his mom get chased by the paparazzi growing up royal um so we pulled a few of these clips because if if you haven't listened yet or you know you just want to we want to just replay them um this one this first one we pulled is what harry says what was the moment that led him to therapy so here's that it was a conversation that i had with my now wife okay and she saw it she saw it straight away she could tell that i was hurting and that some of the stuff that was out of my control was making me really angry. Uh-huh. Um, and it would make my blood boil. Well, you're a redhead, so I know, know you've exactly. got a hell of a temper. <laughs> you have that yeah. fire. No, uh-huh. it's not a temper. It's the fire. Uh-huh. I've never screamed. I've never shouted. I've never, like, for me, the best way of letting out any aggression is through boxing. Uh-huh. But for me, prior to meeting Megan, it was very much a case of certainly connected to the media, that anger and frustration of this is so unjust. Not, by the way, not just about me, but about all this stuff that yeah, I was yeah. seeing. The level of powerlessness you must feel. Helplessness. Yeah. That's my biggest sort of Achilles heel. The three major times I felt completely helpless. One, when I was a kid in the back of the car of my mum being chased by paparazzi. Two was in Afghanistan in an Apache helicopter. And then the third one was with my wife. And those are the moments in my life where, yeah, feeling helpless hurts. It really hurts. I feel like now, I mean, just talking about the royal wedding and flashing back to three years ago and and now knowing some more of the context and what was going on behind the scenes and Megan, you know, uh, pushing Harry to get help and and talk to someone about, you know, all the things, all the trauma that he's kind of had in his life. And um, I, I just feel like that's so powerful to talk about it now and around this time, especially to know that, you know, the royal wedding was, it looked like such a fairy tale, but there was so much going on behind the scenes that we didn't know. And that's often the case a lot of times in life that you think everything looks so perfect and then it's not. So I just, I think... I really respect him for opening up about that. Yeah, I also think just the context of it all is so interesting because we know that there were a lot of headlines in the last week about Harry's interview and participation in this being like, there he is, like, you know, de- uh, spreading dirt. What's the the expression? But like more dirt on his family. But like, if you really listen to all 90 minutes, he's just sharing his story. You know, his mother, what, what happened to Diana is a part of his trauma and he's working through it. And I think him mentioning that, 
you know, it was like growing up in the Truman Show or that, you know, comparing it to, it's just a part of it. And I think you're allowed to share your story. And that's such a powerful, that's the whole journey of it all. I also think he's very generous with his family members as far as how he talks about it. Because he says very clearly, trauma is something that is not who we are. It's what happened to us. So yes, my father, my grandmother, and so on, um, do I have residual challenges and issues in life from them? Yes, but they have their own as well because things happen to them. And I felt that that was very generous and kind of him. He's not saying my dad is a bad person. He's not saying my grandmother's a bad person. He's not saying anyone in his family is a bad person, but he said... I've done research into their backgrounds. I know what they've gone through. They, they've had bad things happen to them mm-hmm. too. And so I, I think that, you know, a lot of the tabloids are trying to paint an ugly picture of Harry. Look at him running his mouth again. Look at him throwing his family under the bus. But I actually thought he did the opposite. He was very kind yeah. and very humanizing. Yeah. In the context too, I mean, one of the lines that they leave out when the, the, when they publish these pieces and quote this podcast is the line that Harry says, he goes, there's no blame. I don't think we mm-hmm. should be pointing the finger of blaming anybody. So he says that precluding his statement about Charles's upbringing and all yes. of that. And I do think that, that he's not blaming his father. I mean, we know, you know, Omid Scobie tweeted this earlier this week, that Prince Charles authorized a biography of himself. He talks about it with uh, journalist Jonathan Dimbleby. There's a chapter in it approved by Prince Charles that talks in great detail about some of this unresolved childhood trauma and issues and emotionally distant parents, which he quote he quotes as saying that. So I, I do think that, you know, Harry's comments are more general musings about his family than actual critiques in the wake of his grandfather's funeral, which he attended and was obviously there and heartbroken. Um, So I I have, I take it major issue with that coverage. I think that that's, the backlash was just really upsetting, I I think. Yeah, very unfair. And I mean, I even saw some headlines saying, clearly Harry's had too much therapy. Oh, yes. The Daily Mail story. (laughs) I was blown away by that. And I was like, what a horrible message to, I mean, why would that ever be printed? Why would, there's, I I was very worked up about that During Mental Health Awareness Week to say that there could be too much therapy. Like when we're trying to destigmatize talking about your issues and putting them out there. I just think that's like... It's so wild to me. Also, just a quick, you know, a credit to podcasts, a credit to this forum for Harry. I really felt like, so I was telling Roberta earlier that I was driving while listening to this and I was actually in a grocery store parking lot and I wanted to take a couple of notes in preparation for this, but I pulled to the side. I was just, I felt so moved by the conversation. There was so much I wanted to take away, but it was to the point that I forgot that I was listening to Harry. Like I really was benefiting from the conversation. We've all had such a traumatic year ourselves, but, you know, often beyond that. And I feel like it reminded me of when Kate also did the Happy Mom, Happy Baby podcast. And I was kind of a new mom at the time when that came out. And it just, it's really amazing when there's the impact of what they're doing. You know, you you can kind of transcend the fact that you're listening to Harry, that you're listening to Kate and really benefit from the work that they're doing. I I, I loved that part about this podcast. Long-winded way of saying that. (laughs) No, I did too. Um, Let's talk about next up, though, because that's coming this Friday, is the Me You Can't See trailer. So that just dropped uh, this week, and Oprah and Harry reunited, and it feels so good. I feel like I'm really excited to see this. The trailer was incredible. We saw, you know, Lady Gaga, Glenn Close, a bunch of other people that are going to be involved in this. Um, So we have a clip from that. To make that decision to receive help is not a sign of weakness. In today's world, more than ever, it is a sign of strength. 
people that acknowledge their mental health struggles, they're really like superheroes. I wanted to leave that added line in because I do love that we're living in a world where mental health is like being compared to, you know, talking about is being compared to superheroes. I really loved the, this trailer. I'm also, I, I'm so glad I subscribed to Apple Plus. Thanks, Ted Lasso. <laughs> so I can't, I can't watch, wait to watch this. Uh, but yeah, did you guys buy the shirt? Also, I loved Megan's cameo in this trailer. Oh my I gosh. Did that was so fabulous because, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen the trailer yet, Harry is clearly on a Zoom call of some sort. Yeah. And then... Megan leans over and um, she kind of pops in, leans over and she smiles and he looks up at her with such deep affection and adoration. Not the look of someone like, why are you crashing my Zoom call? But like, oh my gosh, thank you for stopping in for just one second to make my life better. Oh, it's beautiful. Just that yeah, They're radiating. Like I feel like yes. joy. Like they really feel, they they look so happy in that, in that quick little one second interruption, you know? But I did yeah. I did really like the shirt. I looked into it. It's still available. But again, the shipping is what gets you because it's a UK brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love I love the uh, designer is so active on Instagram and is like so ecstatic about Megan wearing her shirt and has like multiple, multiple stories and posts about it. So it just really, really made her year too, I think. Um, but yeah, that was, I'm, I mean, this Friday, right? Is when it yeah, there's yeah. this Friday. So we have our weekend plan set. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know that it's going to be actually like a very difficult watch as well. And I liked, you know, Dax and Harry also talked about that, just the fact that, you know, Oprah and Harry come from completely different sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. in terms of their upbringing. And, but also, you know, just the whole thing with mental health is it, it's doesn't matter what privilege, you know, privilege, wealth, background, it doesn't matter. It affects us all. So I know it'll be a very difficult watch. I'm curious what the format will be, who will be interviewing who and all of that stuff. But I do like that Oprah and Harry are back together and in front of the camera as well as behind it. So Harry mentions on the Dak Shepard podcast that no matter what he says, it will always get twisted and it will get spun out of context. So I do think, you know, even for this, already there's stories about this and what Harry's going to say and how it's damaging to the royal family and how could he and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, we know we're going to get that flood afterwards. Um, But I do think like within the context, hearing the entire podcast, it's just so different than what you read in the tabloids and the coverage of it. So I'm hoping to, you know, like Harry said, put blinkers on, as he called them, blinders on for for this. Yeah, blinkers um, on for until I actually watch it and dig in this weekend. Um, Okay, last up, Kate and William were in Wolverhampton for Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK. Um, I just liked that they wore matching Navy outfits. I did too. I thought that their outfits were great. I think that Kate and William, it's like a greatest hits playlist when they are, you know, doing all their athletic things, you know, like the (laughs) archery, the table tennis, the gardening this time. I also, when William did the soccer ball thing, I didn't know, um, I had to Google what keepy uppies are. Did you guys know what keepy uppies are? It's where you like, that's what they call it when they're like kicking the ball, kind of juggling it it in the air. So all my gym anxiety comes back when I see all the cameras (laughs) and um, and them doing all the like athletics, but they like, I just, I immediately revert back, talk about, you know, trauma. I liked the girl who was um, telling Kate like the position to hold her arm in for the archery. And like, she's like, no, higher, higher. And Kate's like, (laughs) I feel like Kate's, 
done this so many times for the cameras. Like, how did she? Yeah, the girl got right in there. I loved the adjustments. Yeah, it was great. My question is just why wasn't any? Did you guys see there was behind the scenes about this event on uh, the Royal Family YouTube channel? Like, why wasn't it on the Kate and William YouTube channel? I I don't know how that delineation Mm. works, but they do have their new channel. I just interesting a very like minute detail about this. Well, no, I mean maybe it was like an accident to upload it to the wrong. <laughs> I feel like they're still they might still be figuring out those little details. Yeah, too. it wasn't as produced the content, so maybe that was like yeah, oh, a different, maybe that's why a different yeah. thing. It was more just general behind the scenes, anyways. And then they did later on uh, appear or speak in a mental health minute that was broadcast for sixty seconds across five hundred radio stations in the UK. Uh, David Beckham and there was a few other big celebrities on there. Um, I thought that was really – that was a good little clip. But I, I thought it was interesting that uh, the poem that they all read um, was from Hussein Manowar, who was also featured in the first Archwell Audio podcast mm. episode. So cro- a little crossover. Yeah. So it's like this Cambridge crossover there. So um, all right. Should we go to our highs and lows? I'm moving this along. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Anything <laughs> else to say about Cambridge? Run the clock, Yeah. yeah. Nope. No, I think we're good. (laughs) Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Kristen, do you have a low of the past week? Oh my gosh. All of that tabloid coverage of Harry getting uh, too much therapy, of him throwing his family under the bus, of all the criticism that he's faced when I think that he's been the picture of class. He's been very, very respectful in how he's talked about his own mental health and about his family. So that was definitely a low for me. It was filling my feeds up. I saw it everywhere. And uh, what a bummer, because talking about mental health is not something that should be criticized. And he has not said anything disrespectful to anybody as far as I can tell. So um, that was definitely a low for me. What about y'all? Yeah, I mean, to just to mention on that point, I feel like the now they're like royal aides want to strip them of their yes, titles. That always blah, blah, blah. is the headline that keeps it's coming up. Like, it's ridiculous. Calm down, people. Um, oh, Milo of the week was just I think the paparazzi mentioned. You know, Orlando Bloom is looking out for Prince Harry. He said. And it's kind of a, a low high because I thought that was really nice of him to text him. And he said, listen, like Katie and I are out with our new baby, Daisy Dove, I think is the baby's name. And uh, there's this guy laying down in the back of a truck, taking pictures with this long lens. And, um, you know, just I guess they live really close, Orlando Bloom and Prince Harry. I didn't realize that. But he talked about it on the on the Dak Shepard podcast and just feels so creepy. Like it's it's a baby. It's She's nine months old now, I think. And um, but it's kind of a high because I love the Orlando Bloom Prince Harry <laughs> friendship that could possibly casual name drops. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, but definitely the paparazzi. I know. He even I think he called out the pictures on, on Archie's first day of school too, and how gross that was. That they, you know, it's like I, he even name dropped some of the media outlets that covered that, and he said like they were waiting for the first day of school to take pictures of Archie and Megan. So yeah. just really heartbreaking. What about you, Rachel? So mine is like just the the update that Martin Bashir has officially. Stayed stepped down from the BBC, his position as religion editor there. He's the journalist that is alleged to have manipulated Princess Diana into saying yes to the Panorama interview. Um, we, and this is ca- happening just right ahead of the inquiry report, the results being released. And it, we know that the report, the investigation has been in- concluded. We just don't know exactly when we'll get those results. I mean, I know that they cited health issues and all of that, but I, it's, you know, just kind of 
it makes sense that he would leave his leave his post with everything that's going on. And, you know, also I, the, a part of this low is that the BBC specifically Panorama was set to air a special that has been postponed just as of this week that specifically investigates the interview way back when and claims against Bashir. So and all of that just feels really off. So, um, yeah, I think just that update was was I guess it's a I don't want to say it's a positive thing, but I but I think that it's I'm curious what's going to happen with as this continues to come to light what what the investigation finds out. Yeah, especially with, you know, the statue unveiling of Diana coming up in July. I think all of this stuff is really under the spotlight. And I'll, I'm so curious, like you said, to see what the findings of the report tell us. Um, what about a high, Kristen, for this week? Well, I was playing, uh, I don't know if you'd call it scavenger hunt, but I was looking very, very, very closely at the Oprah and Harry, the Me You Can't See trailer. Mm-hmm. And I watched it maybe six times and took notes <laughs> while I watched it. And I love what, it. what I loved was just seeing the moments that were of Harry and of Megan and of Archie that they chose to include in that. Uh, you know, we already mentioned the fact that there's that moment where Megan just pops in and she smiles at the camera and Harry's smiling at her and so on at a certain point. But, you know, there's also a clip of that famous moment when Megan was reading that book to Archie, the one Duck of, Rabbit. <laughs> yes, Duck Rabbit. Uh, there's a clip of that in there. And there's also just a really heartbreaking clip of Harry at his mother's funeral. And uh, as that's happening, you hear a woman's voiceover saying that treating people with dignity is the first act. And then you zoom in on Harry and you can see he's being treated with zero dignity. He's a little boy being forced to be on the world stage and essentially do a PR stunt for his mom who's just been killed. So, you know, all of those moments within that trailer, I was, I mean, it's its kind of sad for me to say these were high moments for yeah, me. But yeah, highs and lows we use loosely here. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just moments. <laughs> yeah, but I just really, really appreciated that all of those moments were in there. They really uh, humanized all of what may have sounded just like platitudes being said mm-hmm. by all the talking heads in it. And those little clips showed, no, these aren't just platitudes. These aren't just positive affirmations that are being said. These are people who've gone through real things talking about what those tough things were. So I appreciated that. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like I'm, mine's very similar. My high is that uh, just generally speaking, like knowing how open Harry is about a lot of the stuff that he's experienced and how candid, like Rachel mentioned earlier in the episode, how candid he was on the Dax Shepherd podcast. I think it really did feel like we were kind of in a conversation with him in a way. And it just, it seems like that's, oftentimes he's being interviewed. And so I think to hear him really sit down and open up and it feels like maybe that would be what he would be like if you were just talking to him. I think that, you know, he's, he's so curious. He's so intelligent. He's, so knowledgeable about what he's talking about. And he's fast. He talks really fast. I had mine at <laughs> one and a half speed and I had to slow it back down because he's going through all these points. And I, I just think, um, you know, it takes the credence away from a lot of the narrative of the UK tabloids, which is that Megan is orchestrating a lot of the things behind the scenes and that Harry is like a puppet for her. And like, that's not at all what it is. Like Harry is his own person. He says he's the one who wanted to make the move to the US from the UK. So I just, I just think it's like, 
the whole their whole narrative has just been blown wide open by this and um and i love it and i hope he continues to do more podcasts so yeah, podcast viva podcast um <laughs> yeah, come talk, come on our podcast yes. <laughs> uh so my high is completely out of left field not related to any of this but just ellie kemper was on the ellen show and she revealed that she is a recent crown watcher she's fallen in love via season four as many people kind of joined then but just the reveal that her and her husband to kind of spice up this past year of quarantine, they um, impersonate, they do impressions of the crown characters while they're doing chores. So <laughs> she plays Queen Elizabeth and he's Charles. And <laughs> she's she did this like impression. I didn't grab the clip for this episode, but it's just, you know, she said the more mundane the chore, the better. So she'll be like, Michael, you can't put that cup on the top rack. And she does this whole, like it's completely <laughs> off and not perfect at all. Rachel, but it is, it's amazing. And I thought maybe this is like a life improvement hack for all of us just to kind of like, throw that in there <laughs> um she said her husband's very good at charles but it made me laugh that was why it was a high I, i'm making dave watch the crown so maybe we'll have to reinstate this uh or, or instate this um this little hack yes. life hack for chores all right just a reminder before we close leave us a royal rating here's one it says this is a great podcast and keeps me updated on all things royal please keep up this amazing show cheers Kristen, thank you so thank much. You so oh, much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And where can our <laughs> listeners keep up with everything that you're doing? Oh my gosh. Well, take a listen to Movie Therapy with Rafer and Kristen. As I said, there's the episode uh, of our Oprah follow-up in there. Th that's in there. But also Movie Therapy is just a great place if you care about mental health, as we've been talking about on the show. People write and call in with their challenges they're facing in life. Uh, maybe it's somebody who's saying, I feel trapped in my house. Or maybe it's somebody who is saying, I'm fighting with my husband all the time. Or maybe it's somebody who says, I feel like a late bloomer. Everybody else is doing so well in life. Why am I left behind? And then Rafer and I give some advice. We oftentimes encourage people to get therapy. And then we prescribe a movie or a TV show for them to watch to feel a little bit better about their situation. So that's I Movie Therapy that with Rafer and Kristen. Yeah. And then you can also just find all the other shows I host at kristenmeinzer.com. And at Chris. 10 Mindser on Twitter. Is that right? Oh, that's K10 Mindser on, on, on Instagram. Sorry. It's oh, K10 Mindser on Instagram and at Kristen Mindser on Twitter. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Reminder to subscribe to Royally Obsessed Podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and write us an email info at gallerypodcasts.com. We'd love to hear how you celebrated the royal wedding anniversary. Yes, <laughs> send us, us a note. We want all yes. the all the reminiscing, all the anecdotes. Yes. Follow us personally. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week. God, God save, save the pod. The pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.